1: Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by Bridgeway Community Church.
2: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? It's Tough Topic Tuesday, and guess where I am? I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on, let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with
1: Dr. David Anderson, an expert on race, religion, and relationships
2: well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, watching me on my socials, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there for Facebook and YouTube. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And then, of course, uh, for those of you who are listening on the radio, the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA. FM, right here out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of D.C., Maryland, uh, Virginia, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. So quite the footprint uh, in the DMV. Well, today I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm hanging out uh, with a very, very special new friend, Michelle Place, and I'm going to tell you about her in just a moment. But first, let me give you some important information. If you want to call us and join the conversation, You're welcome to do that, or you might just want to sit back, relax, and listen uh, to my conversation with Michelle uh, Place, who is uh, the the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. So we'll tell you more about that in just a moment. If you want to call, the number is 888-432-7434. That's 888-432-7434. You're driving, you're saying, how am I going to remember all those digits, Dr. Anderson? Well, remember this, eight 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 four three 43 bridge Got it? Just remember the word bridge. I bet you some of you are driving right across one even now. Well, as I always do, I like to open the show in just a short word, of prayer and then we're going to get started i'm going to introduce you to michelle place and we're going to introduce you to oklahoma and to tulsa and try to figure out why does that even matter some of you might be thinking why does tulsa oklahoma matter you're going to find out so don't you go anywhere Let's bow for a short word of prayer. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us through technology to connect and to learn. And we do pray that this show would be committed to you and help us uh, to grow as a result of this conversation. For it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, if you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we got Marriage Mondays. Tough topic Tuesdays. That's today. (laughs) Wisdom Wednesdays. Theological Thursdays. And then open phone-in Fridays. Anything you want to ask me or talk about, we can talk about on Fridays. And then, of course, a special weekend edition uh, on uh, the same station from 3 to 3.30 on Saturdays. And if you haven't had enough, you can always worship with us. There's so many great places you can worship. But if you're looking for a place to hang out, just go to bridgeway.cc and you can hang out with us from wherever you are in the world. Well, today is Tough Topic Tuesday, and we are exploring Tulsa's complicated history with my guest Michelle Place. She is, as I said earlier, the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. She's also a two-time Emmy-winning documentary writer, technical advisor, and producer. Boomtown, an American journey. And it's just uh, great for us to learn even more about the Jewish community. And she also won in 2018. She was named one of 35 global women drivers for peace. She's with the Rotary Club as well as Women in Communication and Boston Avenue Church where she sings in the in the chancel choir and she's a native of Little Rock, Arkansas. Michelle, welcome. It's so good to have you on Real Talk.
3: Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here.
2: Thank you for being with us, for showing us around and for welcoming, uh, welcoming us to Tulsa. So let's get right to it for those who are wondering about Tulsa. You have been Uh, at the Society for for many years, what brought you here?
3: Well, first, I came to Tulsa in 1986. My husband was in the oil business. We had been around um, southern Oklahoma and Texas and then came to Tulsa, which was a a city that he had always admired. I really didn't know that much about it because I was from uh, Little Rock, and so my experience did not bring me here. Um, But I had been in Tulsa for about 15 years, and it was one of those times when uh, you're out of a job and you tell anyone who will listen that you need a job. And the next thing I knew, I had an interview with the only other employee for the Tulsa Historical Society. We were a little bit more than a dream at the time. Mm. And uh, let's just say he was really... He was very self-sufficient, but he didn't have a lot of administrative skills. <sighs> so um, that's also why I was brought in. But we had purchased the property where we are located. All of the building plans uh, were already moving. The money had been raised, and we were going to build a museum. And mm. so I started uh, back then, and uh, we had an 11,000-square-foot mansion that wasn't in the best of shape. And then we added another 17,000 square feet. We have a total of 27,000 uh, square feet now, seven galleries that change mm. all the time. Until, um, if you get an email from me, it says, Making room for all of Tulsa's stories. So oh, that's wow. what what we aim to do. I have a staff of six and that's what we're committed to.
2: So is that what the Historical Society is? Is it an educational society to help people understand Tulsa?
3: Well I think when we first began as many other historical societies across the country would have been all about perpetuating that wonderful chamber of commerce, mm-hmm. idealistic, and certainly celebrating Tulsa as the oil capital of the world and the families who had helped build it. Mm. But um, as a decade, about 12 years, passed, and we had a new staff at that time, and we made the commitment to one another that we were going to tell all of sto- all of Tulsa's stories, mm. not just the white all-men story. So that was a really a turning point that in the institution. Like a big
2: turning point, actually. And so when we get back from our commercial break, we're going to talk about uh, that turning point. What is a part of the story with regard to Greenwood, with regard to what has been known as uh, Black Wall Street, with regard to Native Americans and uh, the cultural heritage there? And so, friends, we're just getting started. If you want to be educated, if you want to learn how we can uh, not repeat history but build on it in such a way that we have a better future and a better community, uh, then stay tuned. We're coming right back. We'll go to our break now. The number is 888-432-7434. I'm with Michelle Place. She's the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. We're coming right back. Don't you go anywhere.
4: from it's it's best by waterproofing and best Buy design build. So, who is this superhero guy flying over the neighborhood looking for leaky basements and leaky roofs to repair? Visit bestbywaterproofing.com or call 844-980-3707 247 to see what heroic home repair services look like. Basement waterproofing, mold and mildew remediation, structural repair, foundation crack injection, sump pump systems, roofing and gutters, siding and decks. So, you went to bestbywaterproofing.com and called 844-980-3707. Who's the the real hero now. You are. Under
5: one roof, from one side to the other. Under one roof, from the inside
4: out. We've got you covered from top to
0: bottom. At Best Buy, your old house is our business. Best Buy.
6: We all want to get back to normal and getting the COVID-19 vaccine puts us closer to that goal. Getting vaccinated is a critical step towards reducing the impact COVID-19 has on our family, friends, and neighbors. Did you know hundreds of thousands of Prince Georgians have received at least the first dose? This is huge, and we need your help to continue fighting the virus by getting vaccinated. Vaccinations are now available at Prince George's County-operated COVID-19 clinics for individuals 12 and older who live or work in the county.
2: Glendale or Woodmore area, anywhere in that vicinity, guess what? Laser Landscaping LLC wants to make your lawn look beautiful. They will mow your lawn. They'll edge around the outskirts of your lawn. They'll put up plants. Whatever you need to make your house pop, they'll do it for you. Give them a call, 240-240-240. 516-4967. That's 240-516-4967. Ask for the owner, Fidel, and tell him that Dr. Anderson says you.
3: Have you ever listened to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and wondered how we come up with heartfelt discussions on Marriage Mondays or engaging topics on Tough Topic Tuesdays? Well, our listeners are our inspiration. We would love to keep hearing from you. So if you have an idea for the show, let us know
6: because comprehension begins with conversation. Send us your ideas by sending an email to info at andersonspeaks.com and join the conversation on real talk
3: with Dr. David Anderson.
2: Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to Tough Topic Tuesday. If you're just tuning in, we're exploring Tulsa's complicated history. I've got my special guest, Ms. Michelle Place. She's with me. She's the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. Once again, welcome to the show, Ms. Place. Thank you. So glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about the development of of Tulsa.
3: Yeah, I I think... um That before you can understand what has happened uh, in terms of Greenwood, North Tulsa, Black Wall Street, and all, you have to understand some Oklahoma history. We are not like any other state in the Union. Mm. Um, Oklahoma didn't become a state until 1907. But it was after the Louisiana Purchase and Thomas Jefferson and um, that uh, procuring of the central part of what we now call the United States, It was manifest destiny, Western migration, Mm -hmm. that so many of European descent began to move to the West and also to the Southeast, which was seen as prime agricultural property. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had this little problem in that there were all of these indigenous tribes who were living in the southeastern United States. And so it was the United States federal government through the – up until the 1830s, who began to um, to try in a number of different ways to move those tribes out of mm-hmm. the southeastern United States, and they had their eye on what becomes the state of Oklahoma. So that's known as the Trail of Tears. You Trail might be of tears, more yeah. familiar with it. Did that it.
2: start in Florida or somewhere? Well, the, the Seminoles, the
3: five civilized tribes are the Cherokee, mm-hmm. the Creek, Choctaw, Choctaw, Chickasaw, and Seminoles, Seminoles, who were mm -hmm. of um, Creek descent. Uh And so it was this idea to move these five tribes who have been, uh, have got the moniker of the five civilized tribes. That was because they did lots of business and also intermarried with Europeans, but also African-Americans when they were back in the United States. Mm. Each of these five tribes had slaves I see. and not only were they black slaves they also had white slaves Really? yes so before the forced removal or the actual trail of tears there were many from those uh, first people's nations who did come earlier and s- began to settle in what is Indian territory think of Oklahoma as divided right in half Uh, It's not quite a straight border, but pretty for the sake of this discussion. So, people think they know Oklahoma history and the land runs. Well, that's 1889 Mm -hmm. and 1891, and that is western Oklahoma. I see. With the land runs. But eastern Oklahoma was Indian territory. So, that was the space for these five civilized tribes. The boundaries were drawn, there were treaties that were signed with each of these tribes separately Mm -hmm. so you have to really be careful about painting with a broad brush because what's true for one nation is not necessarily going to be true for another nation and
2: they're on the eastern side of Oklahoma then you have the western side of Oklahoma and then Tulsa fits right where
3: we are right in that northeastern (laughs) corner of Eastern Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, and then Tulsa has its own uh, history. So you got the state, but then you have Tulsa. Was Tulsa settled? Were who were the first settlers in the area?
3: Okay, so um, before the five civilized tribes, you had the Osage, who were nomadic, and they roamed throughout the central United States. Mm-hmm. Other tribes are farther west: the Comanche, the Cheyenne, etc. That doesn't right. have anything to do with us. Okay. Okay. So So the Osage more or less get pushed out of being able to roam in eastern Oklahoma. Ultimately, they end up with what is now Osage County. You can look at the map. And that's the book, Killers of the Flower Moon. But that's Uh a whole other story to look at. So you have these Native American cultures who have what they want is to live in peace and to prosper. They have their governments. They have their cultures all ways of dealing uh, with everything. But as I said, they brought with them slaves, Hmm. okay? So we come to emancipation. Lincoln, you know, they're no longer enslaved, but within these treaties, these slaves are viewed by the federal government as still belonging to the tribes, and some of the tribes said, no, they're not ours. So you have this whole population of those of African descent in somewhat of a no-man's land.
2: So when the emancipation happened, were the Indian tribes saying, no, we want to continue to keep slavery? Or were they saying, we'll obey sort of the emancipation?
3: Great question. Um, So the The nations were divided just as we know those stories of the rest of the United States, Uh brother against brother. So within the tribes, you also had those discussions because many... Um, did not want to free their slaves. They went with the Confederacy. There I were see. whole groups within each of these nations who thought that the Union would prevail, and so they went there. So you've got
2: you got a little division thing, even within that's happening uh-huh. right there. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. then
3: we get um, past that. Again, these African Americans are somewhat in a no man's land, and Oklahoma is not a state at this time not Uh until 1907 but the next thing that happens is the cattle industry so those longhorns that are coming up out of texas the chisholm trail that's farther west from here but many of those longhorns came here into northeastern oklahoma and um The railroad then is extended. You can look at the I-44, which runs from Tulsa to Joplin to St. Louis. I mean, that was the main rail lines. Uh And so the whole idea is to get those cattle to the um, cattle markets in Kansas City, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the interesting things about cowboys is that so many of them were black And they were Hispanic.
2: Really? So you had black and Hispanic cowboys. Right. Right. And we're moving cattle now to other uh, locations. Right. And I assume that that includes the whole commerce piece. Right. Right. right? Yeah. And and so then this is what's building.
3: Right. Like Will Rogers, the famous Will Rogers, his grandfather, Cherokee Indian, Uh was a rancher. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. So Interesting. yes, and then you have that same confrontation just like in the musical Oh, the Cowboy and the Farmer should right. be friends. You have you do huh. have that going on because cattle's moving through and you know, can't trample the crops that right. are being grown. So you have that conflict right there. So huh. in the 1880s, you have the conflict between the original First Nations people. Right. Then here come the five tribes. Right. So confrontation there. Right. And then you have these freed slaves.
5: Freed slaves. But then yeah. the
3: next thing that happens in the late 1890s is the discovery of oil. And that changes everything. The discovery of? Well, my Arkansas accent is coming through. Oil. Black Oil. oil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah so that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Discovery of oil. Yeah. Okay. So, And that's happening here in Tulsa. And so... With that discovery, because oil had already been found in Pennsylvania, um, Ohio, Indiana, mm-hmm. then you begin to see the whites, those of European descent, mm-hmm. now coming in and encroaching on the land that is given to. The five tribes who were supposed to have it until the water, the waters ran dry.
2: Wow. So oil then became a magnetic attraction for whites who then are now going to take over uh, eastern Oklahoma from the First Peoples and those five tribes. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yes. Mm -hmm. But they had to have a way to get a hold of the land. So the next thing that happens is the Dawes Act senator dawes who was from massachusetts so on behalf of the united states federal government they say we have to be able to buy and sell the land well the native american um, idea of land ownership is that it belongs to the tribe not to the individual Uh okay uh so that's when what we know as the dawes roles. Okay. All right. And so they take these tribes and they say, okay, tribes, you have to account for every one of your um, members of your citizens and put them on a roll. And this is our official role. And then when we get that, then we are going to divide up your land. We're going to mm. survey it. We're going to divide it up and we are going to give allotments okay. to your citizens. Uh-huh. All right. Now allotments, the amount of acreage for one tribe is not equal to another. Some it's based on the quality of land. If the land was on a rocky mountainside, then they um, um, would get more land as opposed to someone who is near a source of water who could grow crops. But then in some tribes, it's on um, the head of the household. If they're over 18, gets more acres than the wife and so on.
2: Got a question from uh, listener Nellie Howard. She says, "Were these tribal lands considered part of the United States of America? Isn't that still an argued issue today?"
3: Well, it was. um, It came through the Louisiana Purchase, Mm -hmm. so it it belonged to the United States.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. 888 432 7434 if you want to join the conversation. If you just tuned in, I've got Michelle Place. She's hanging out with me. She is the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. We've learned about uh, Native American history to some degree, indigenous peoples, first uh, peoples, and even the five different nations that sort of migrated from southeastern uh, United States into eastern. Oklahoma. We learned that they had slaves, uh, black slaves as well as white slaves. Now you have these freed slaves and they're here. Uh, when we come back in just a moment, we're going to learn about now uh, what did black America look like in Oklahoma, and then we're going to fast forward to say what's Greenwood? Now some of you are thinking, I don't know what Greenwood is. Well, you can Google it during the commercial if you want to, but Greenwood is a, is a location. Uh, it is a, a vibrant place where you see African-Americans who are business people are living vibrantly. So moving from that freed slave status to now actually, uh, you know, businessmen and businesswomen and productive people uh, in society as freed peoples, what happened and what is the Tulsa massacre? We're going to learn about that in just a moment. So don't you go anywhere. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and Michelle Place. My number, if you want to join in, is 888 888- Four three bridge. That's eight 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 four three two seven four three four.
4: Don Crow here with WAVA. Did you know that Bibleless believers around the world are praying to receive their very own copy of God's Word? Nipo is a pastor in Africa praying for Bibles for former Muslim radicals now following Christ. Anna was forced into an arranged marriage to an abusive atheist in Europe, but her godly witness changed his heart, and now he needs a Bible. Emilio lost everything after his home was burned by terrorists in Latin America and he's praying for a Bible to share Christ with others. Will you be an answer to these pleas for God's Word? $5 sends one Bible, $35 sends seven, and a limited-time Bible for Bible match will help us reach our goal of sending God's Word to nearly 7,000 Christians around the world. Become a Bible sender right now, would you, by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-937-9673. 800-YES-WORD, or by clicking on the Bible League International banner at WAVA.com. Hi, I'm Chuck, founder of A-Action Home Services. We're family-owned and operated since 1976. We specialize in plumbing, electrical, and heating. When I started A-Action, my goal was to build a business with lifelong customers. How did I do this? By respecting our customers' time and great customer service. So call us today, and you too can say Problem solved. 703-922-1900. Aactionhomeservices.com.
6: WAVA periodically runs contests. Complete contest rules for any contest promoted on WAVA can be found on WAVA.com.
1: Hear 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart.com. Tune in, and now on Radio.com. Every weekday afternoon at 4, listen to the Don Crow Show. It's only here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA.
6: Mounds and mounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Marquette cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, CP and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long,
2: healthy, happy lives. B-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
6: there was not one problem.
1: Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will
5: be.
6: dinovite.com dot com.
2: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to the second half of the program. If you're just jumping into your cars, guess what? You're jumping into an interview, a conversation between me and Michelle Place. She is the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. I am in Oklahoma and specifically in Tulsa. And we're learning about the uh, different people groups here, the uh, First Peoples and how they got here, the Native uh, Americans, the indigenous uh, Americans here. Uh, But we're also about to learn about African Americans here. What did we learn in the first half hour, if you're just joining us? We learned that five uh, Native American groups migrated from southeastern United States to east the east side of Oklahoma and Michelle Place was talking to us about how they uh, developed and grew and had their governments and even had uh, land but then uh, when oil came into the scene uh, then white folk were attracted to uh, this part of Oklahoma and then Through uh, nefarious uh, deal-making around real estate, they got something called allotments. Now, before I go back to Michelle to talk about allotments, let me just give you my number one more time. It's 888-432-7434. Once again, Michelle Place, thanks for being on the show today.
3: My pleasure. So
2: allotments. Talk to us about that.
3: Allotments. Okay. So the United States federal government with the Dawes Act, and that's something that would be very good to Google and learn more Mm -hmm. about that. But um, what that did, in essence, was to take the land that had been given to each of these five tribes and to divide it up. Ultimately, the goal was that that land could be bought and sold. So they did it in a number of different ways. Uh, Each tribe was treated differently in terms of how much land that each of the members, including the children, would have received. A lot of mm-hmm. times those um, land boundaries, their allotments were not uh, next to one <laughs> another. Often they mm-hmm. could be miles and miles away. And so the next thing that happens is that uh, more people begin to flock into Indian territory. We're not a state until 1907. Right. And they begin to buy the land. Now, when you have... Um, peoples who have never dealt in cash before. Right. I mean, they've, they've bartered, they've traded skins for a bushel of apples or right. uh, corn for something else. And so somebody comes with um, um, cold, hard cash and says, I will buy this land for you, and when you don't really understand the value of it. So that's one of the ways that many of these Native Americans and also – these freedmen those who had blacks who had been slaves of right. the tribes okay right. so they're known freedmen they also have allotments um so the the land begins to go out of their hands a couple of things happen um we um they begin to set up what are called black towns all over the state of Oklahoma there were about 50 towns and small villages, not only in Indian territory, but also in Oklahoma territory. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, publicity goes out, flyers to um, former enslaved people still in the southeastern United States in particular with the uh, migration. They're under uh, Jim Crow laws, and so Oklahoma is advertised as a place of prosperity where they can come and they can build their lives. And so So we have have now
2: black folk that are coming and and starting their new new, uh, lives here and and so then tell us then about uh, Greenwood specifically. Yeah. What What is Greenwood?
3: Okay. So Greenwood becomes a community because um, the things that are most important to these former um, enslaved people is, number one, keep your family together. Uh, your siblings, your parents can't be sold off. Um, you want to learn. You want to have an education because you've been denied that right. And then also to set your own destiny, to become whatever it is that you want to become. So that's, that's really what the people are looking for. But on the and other that's hand, what happened, it, right? It, that's what happened. So they come. Now, many of these small villages and the smaller black towns begin to sort of go away because – the blacks figure out that if they pool their resources, mm. that they can have a better education system, that they can build a better church or a community center or whatever it is. So
2: they were supporting one another's.
3: They were supporting community one another for
2: two reasons. One, you pull your money together, and you can grow your community, but two, they probably couldn't really do much commerce with the white community either. Or is that true? Well,
3: that's definitely true because of Jim Crow laws. Now, when Oklahoma becomes a state in 1907, our very first piece of legislation that passed was about segregation.
2: I see. But prior to that, they really couldn't spend money and uh, as much in the well, white community they, they
3: probably did, I mean, if someone had a peach orchard, mm-hmm. you know they they would have traded back mm-hmm. and forth, but then you know as you get into the early nineteen hundreds, the United States becomes far more segregated I see yeah a a really difference in class um, uh, within the system, so Greenwood begins to grow, which is a community in the which area. is a community. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Tulsa still remains one of our most segregated cities in all of the United States, and literally we have a railroad track that divides North Tulsa, which is where the majority of those of African descent mm-hmm. have lived, whether they came um with one of the tribes or uh, came, migrated here. Mm-hmm. And then the south side of Tulsa is where the those of European descent, the whites, and those were the, the oil people, people who worked in the oil industry for one Got reason it. or another. But also blacks are prevented. They cannot go work in the oil fields. Okay. Okay. So the jobs that are available besides in Greenwood, how they become – Um, entrepreneurs, the grocery stores, the barber shops, the dress stores, um, the Movie theaters, um, all of those things. But there also were a large number of people who had come who were professionals. Uh They had gone to what we call historically black colleges and universities. So they come. They're physicians and pharmacists and dentists and attorneys and all of those. So you have that professional group. You have the entrepreneurs. But then there's also another group who are what we call domestics. Mm. So... The females, for the most part, would have gone to be uh, across the tracks, lived across the tracks much of the time in the white homes, in servants' quarters. They would have been the housekeepers, the cooks, the nannies, the gardeners. Mm-hmm. And the men predominantly worked as bellhops in the fabulous hotels or um, worked in restaurants or um, those right, those right. kinds of jobs. So they're all paid. Right. And then on Thursday evening, which was known as Maid's Night Off,
5: mm. um,
3: these uh, blacks would return to Greenwood. They would cross the railroad tracks, go to the north side, pay in hand, whether they went to buy the groceries for the, their right. families Or they gave it to their family to then spend throughout the week. So the grocer pays the barber shop who pays... Uh, goes to the movie theater, who pays the attorney. So now
2: you've really got commerce. You've got um, people spending money. You've got this vibrant uh, business community uh, happening called Greenwood, Greenwood. and the money uh, from the domestics who went down to work for the whites as well as the professionals who were doing business. Now you've got a real vibrant community. But something happens in 1921, an incident that sparked something very very ugly when we get back from our break we're going to talk about what happened there we're going to take your calls as well if you want to continue to hold on i'll i'll get you in annapolis maryland in just a moment uh, or three uh bernice hold on and for the rest of you thank you for your comments online as well as uh what you're sending in to us we are coming back we've got to take this break this is real talk dr david anderson My listeners already know I believe in professional counseling, and I'm happy to tell you how you can get outstanding counseling right at home, at work, or wherever you feel most comfortable. It's easy with eHome Counseling. You can get an outstanding counselor via video. It's convenient, confidential, and flexible. You know, sometimes life is hard, but eHome Counseling will help you. They'll help you through your struggles of depression, anxiety, addiction, or PTSD. eHome Counseling can help, and they take major insurance. So give them a call at 833 40 E home. That's 833 40 E home or catch them online ehomegroup.com. That's ehomegroup.com. Happiness is closer than you think.
1: Want more real talk with Dr. David Anderson?
2: I've got Michelle Place with me. She's the executive director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum. And before we learn about what incident sparked off what is known as the 1921 massacre, let's go to Annapolis, Maryland and talk to Bernice, who's on the line. Hi, Bernice. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Bernice, let's see if I can grab you real quick. How are you, Bernice? Hello, Bernice. Are you there? Go on once, go on twice. So sorry we missed you. Feel free to give us a call back if you want to. So, Michelle Place, we're talking about the 1921 massacre. A lot of people have no idea what we're talking about. It's brand-new information for so many. It hit uh, hit CNN, I think, this summer because of the 100-year uh, commemoration of it. But can you tell us about what 1921 massacre is, first and foremost? Okay. And what touched it off?
3: Sure. Well, um, I think... Um, that we've explored a lot of Oklahoma history up until now and more or less setting the scene uh, for how this could happen. Um, You also need to look broader than Tulsa, Oklahoma and look at what was going on across the country. Uh, Bloody summer of 1919 is certainly a good thing to um, Google and learn more about that. I think it will help you understand what happens in Tulsa Mm in 1921. So here are the basics of it and, and what we know, and there's a whole lot more that we don't know than what we do. But let me begin. With Jim Crow um, in place, uh, there was a man named Dick Rowland, a very young man. He was about 20 years old, and he was working as a shine boy, basically, on Main Street in the south part of, of Tulsa. Mm. Okay? And then there was a young teenage girl her name was sarah page she was had newly come to tulsa she had enrolled in business college and she was an elevator operator that old kind of elevator where you had to have uh, the operator in. right there. okay because of jim crow dick Rowland was limited to which restroom that he could use so he needed to go in the elevator and up and across to an appropriate restroom He enters the elevator, but we don't know exactly what happened, whether the door was off a little bit, uh, whether it just shook. Um, We don't know if he fell into her, if he stepped on her toe, um, or we just don't know. But there's
2: some kind of altercation or connection between this black man and this white woman woman, in an an elevator. Right. Uh
3: And so she screams Um, And we don't know why she screamed. Was she discovered and then she screams or whatever? But nevertheless, there is a clerk in um, a department store close by who sees um, what's going on. And Dick Rowland did what any normal person of the time would have done. He ran. Mm. He ran back to his home in Greenwood. This is on May 30th of 1921. Uh, The story begins to spread. And as with that game of gossip, it gets bigger and bigger Mm. each time that you tell it. And so the news is spreading throughout the community and outside of Tulsa proper also at the time. And by that afternoon, Dick Rowland is arrested and he is brought to the jail, which is at the county courthouse, which is in the white part of the Tulsa business Uh district, um, district. So certainly, Greenwood is also finding out what's going on at the time
2: so this is there's a lot of tension going on there right now There is lots
3: of tension you got this
2: black eye in the jail in the white area you've got this uh, incident that took place. What happens after that?
3: okay so um, as I said, it begins to spread, and people begin to congregate and to um uh there is a group from Greenwood, and many of them were World War One veterans mm-hmm. who lived in Greenwood who come to the courthouse, and they asked that Dick would be released to them for protection. Because remember, there are lynchings that are taking place okay. all over the country. Yeah. We're beginning to see the rise of the Klan. Mm. Um, okay, so the the sheriff tells them i've got it under control go back to greenwood don't worry about it you know shoe basically right. so they do leave but then as the afternoon grows the afternoon newspaper releases a very inflammatory um, mm. article and um, that adds to the tension escalating so more and more people uh, whites come and congregate gotcha. the mob is growing The uh, blacks in Greenwood hear about it, and so a bigger mob comes. They confront one another on the steps. Mm -hmm. Words are exchanged. We don't know exactly what happened, but um, a black with a gun is uh, confronted. What are you going to do with that gun? Mm -hmm. He says, I'll use it if I have to. The gun somehow discharges, and then that's when all hell breaks loose. Wow. But there is a period of time.
2: Just about 30 seconds here. Tell us what happens, though, once that gun goes off, then what takes place after that?
3: Okay. So there are a few hours in there while the whites go away to... Mm sort of organize themselves Mm -hmm. and then the blacks um set up parameters to protect their property and then Mm -hmm. at dawn there is a whistle and that's when the whites move in and uh before the day is over 36 blocks are smoldering they've been looted
2: wow wow okay when we can call that the the tulsa massacre when we come back we're gonna tie a bow on this to learn just a little more before we uh, come back tomorrow to learn even more this is real talk Dr. David Anderson.
1: Okay, before we go buy a used car, I'm going to wrestle this alligator. Uh, why? Because buying a used car is like wrestling this gator. It's a huge hassle, and you usually end up getting bit in the end. I just want to be prepared.
3: That's why we should go to High Low Auto Sales. First time buyers are always approved, and you get a six month, six thousand mile warranty. So I can stop wrestling this gator? You might be done, but I don't think he is. Ah! Ah!
0: Tell those other dealers, see you later, alligator, and get to Hilo Auto Sales in Frederick for your next used car. Visit HiloAutoSales.com.
5: My husband's been addicted to porn since he was 10 years old.
6: I found out about nine months into my marriage that he has a porn addiction. My name is Shelly Martinkas, and I want to personally invite you to the Restore workshop. If you have been affected by betrayal, it might be that your husband has been looking at pornography. It might be an emotional, a physical affair. I would love for you to come join us. Restore has empowered me and has given me the tools to work through my anger, work through my pain, work through my confusion, and help me realize that I am worthy.
5: Being here and being surrounded by people who get it has given me my power
6: back. Please don't hesitate. Pick up the phone. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. I would love to see you there.
0: The Restore Workshop is coming to Washington, D.C., November 12th through the 14th. To register or to find out more, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE or go online to
6: newlife.com. Thank you, Restore. You have changed my life forever.
0: Psalm 107, verse 20, He sent His Word and healed them. Each evening, Monday through Friday at 9.30, the Healing Word broadcast can be heard on WAVA. Hi, I'm Pastor Jack Morse of the Largo Community Church in Mitchellville, Maryland. Tune in to the Healing Word at 9.30 each evening on WAVA. God is healing hurts, broken lives, broken hearts, and restoring souls. The Healing Word each evening at 9.30, teaching messages that will grow your faith. Smooshed. That's how all the cars looked on a truck I passed recently. Steel pancakes, crushed and ready for the scrapyard. But one day, every one of those cars was somebody's dream come true. Not anymore. Yesterday's dream has been flattened. Like so many of life's dreams things we thought were what we were looking for in life a dream job or home a big milestone a romance a marriage children they failed to fill the hole in our heart in the bible our creator tells us that we were made by him and for him our soul is restless and lonely because he's missing you and i've hijacked the life god was supposed to run so there's a wall between you and the one you were made for but there doesn't have to be because Jesus died for you to pay the hijacker's death penalty. When you tell him, Jesus, I'm yours, the wall between you and God comes down and the hole in your heart is filled. We'd love to help you begin your relationship with him if you'll call us at 888-NEED-HIM, 888-NEED-HIM.
2: Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and just have a couple minutes left. We're going to continue the topic tomorrow so for those of you who may not have been able to take your calls today just know that uh, we'll be around again tomorrow so jump in at the beginning. We're here with uh, Michelle Place. She is the Executive Director of the Tulsa Historical Society and Museum and she's given us a really a rich history in a short period of time about uh, the migration to Oklahoma and what's been going on uh, in Oklahoma with Native American people with white people, with oil, with black people. And we learned just a little bit before the break. In 1921, there was a massacre based on an incident that took place in an elevator. And then um, if you can just tell us in the next uh, 30 seconds for those that just tuned in, what happened on that massacre day? And then what can we learn?
3: Growing in the retelling of it, um, mm-hmm. that I think added a lot of fuel to the fires. Um, ultimately, it is a confrontation between races, mm-hmm. between blacks and whites. But it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you really need to explore it more. Um, those of us who are from Tulsa, uh, from who have been interested in this story and educating people, have felt for a long time. That we don't want to just stop with the telling of the massacre is horrific. Mm. That there is so much more to this story. And what we really want people to understand is what we call the spirit of Greenwood. Mm -hmm. First of all, that it was built um, to begin with and became such a prosperous community and called Black Wall Street. And then this horrible massacre that happens where literally everything is looted, destroyed um, through fire and uh, murder in the the streets, but beginning the next day, uh, really on June second is when the epilogue begins, but it 's a very mm-hmm. long epilogue, yeah. um, which is the rebuilding, and those who decided that they would not be run off their land that they would be uh, they would rebuild in spite of building codes that were put in by Mm. the White Town Council, which said if you rebuild, you have to use bricks. Oh, but the brickyard wouldn't sell bricks to persons of color.
2: But there was this perseverance in in rebuilding. And then this last minute here, as you think about um, here we are 100 years later, what do we take away from this? How can we be better? What are your thoughts?
3: Well, I I like to say the past causes the present and affects the future, Mm -hmm. Um, but we need to look at those stories of courage. And uh, what was it about those people that could find that strength in them that despite what had happened, that they take that next step mm. into the future? So it is the stories of the past. It's our history mm-hmm. that helps us meet our future.
2: How about that? And you know what? Your history can help. Uh, really point you toward your destiny. And part of it is learning the story from where we've come from to where we're going. And we'll continue this story uh, tomorrow on Wisdom Wednesday. And then on open phone and Friday, remember, you can ask any question you want. So if you didn't get a chance to get your question in uh, today, make sure you ask us on uh, Friday. But the best thing you can do is just go to Andersonspeaks.com, hit our uh, email there, and ask your question that way. How about that? Let's pray together. Thank you, first of all, Miss Place, for being with us today. And Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to not only learn but to grow from our learning. And we do pray that we would have that kind of courage to continue to be the communities you want us to be. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen Amen and amen.